right, take your seats, everyone, and be on your best behavior. We have a special guest. Take your seats, please. Thanks. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, the show where we help you create sustainable, positive change in your health, in your mindset, and in your life. I'm Monica Reinagel, and today my co-host Brock Armstrong has a fascinating interview with Heather Parody. Heather is a mental health therapist turned online entrepreneur and podcaster. She hosts no fewer than three podcasts. Unconventional Leaders is a podcast where she fans the flame of outside-the-box thinkers, ambitious creatives, and self-starters. Her new podcast, NFTs for Newbies explores the bewildering world of non-fungible tokens and cryptocurrency, not necessarily as an expert, but just as a curious consumer sharing what she and her co-host Rich Cardona are learning. And her Happy Brain podcast is where we originally came across her work. And in that podcast, she explores a lot of topics that would be of interest to Change Academy listeners, which is why we invited her to join us today. Brock and Heather cover a lot of ground in this conversation, but I think you'll particularly enjoy the points about accountability. And in keeping with our lab experiment tradition, Heather's even got a great exercise to help you get clarity on what you should be working on next. So settle in and enjoy this great conversation between Brock Armstrong and Heather Parody of the Happy Brain Podcast. You know, as I, as I looked over the bio that you sent in, it all the things that you do and have done really uh, well. It's near and dear to my heart because I also have a very varied past. I've done a lot of stuff and and experimented with a lot of things, and it looks like you've done the same thing. And there's usually two types of people who do that. There's the the people who are just so driven and so almost like the anxiety makes them go and do stuff. And then there's the other people who just have a lust or a zest for life. Mm. Which one do you think you are? Or is there another version of that that I'm missing? I think those are one and the same and interchangeable almost. I think there's like a light and dark side. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's kind of how I conceptualize it because the light, the the life, the, you know, the strength is curiosity and excitement for life and willingness to explore. And I think the dark side and the flip side of that is uh, a, a drive towards um, worthiness and approval and acceptance and uh, anxiety and so forth. And so I think for me, Uh, The way I conceptualize those two worlds is like, which side am I operating from right now? Am I leaning into the light in life or am I leaning into the dark side? Wow. I like that. That's a very good answer and not one I was expecting. But And when you do catch yourself sort of slipping into that, into the dark side, Mm -hmm. do you have things that you you do to sort of pull yourself back out? Yeah. So initially, I think my gut instinct and response is resistance around that because that's wrong. Mm. Right. Um, but one thing we know in mental health is resistance is what causes a lot of disorders and dysfunction and so forth. And so as opposed to resisting it and judging myself like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm entering into that workaholic stage or that striving for approval instead of just like giving myself space, be like, you know what, you're a human. And sometimes you tap back into that and not mm-hmm. necessarily you know, condoning it and pushing through it, but just stopping and acknowledging it, that, that it is still present there. And I think that's where my coach has been so helpful. I just started therapy for like the first time in my life, which is ironic. Wow. Uh, considering, Thank you. Considering that, you know, that that was my field of choice about five years ago, but he's been really helping me to 
take periodic pauses throughout the day and honor transitions mm. throughout my day to where I can kind of really tap back into source and God and reconnect myself to the reason why I do what I do, which is imperfect and sloppy. I would love to sit here and be like, oh, my life's so great, but it's not the way it works, right? Um, so yeah, that's how I step back into it. Small little moments, uh, pauses, transition, and then also too, just having my husband is phenomenal. He's the greatest person ever. I'm not going to let him listen to this recording, by the way, because he'll hold it over my head. <laughs> But I mean, he holds me really accountable with stuff and kind of calls me out on things. Like last night I was working really late. He goes, Heather, sometimes you just have to stop. Mm. And I'm like, I know you're right. I do. Um, I didn't listen. I kept working a little bit more, but <laughs> you know, mm. it was, it was, he has my back in that way. And I think having people having your back and you accepting the truth and hearing that is super important. You know, I, we are going to get into accountability and it sounds like there's a little bit of accountability there in your relationship. But before we get into that, I really love what you, what you said about not beating yourself up, not giving, not sort of blaming yourself or getting upset when you find yourself slipping into, into the dark side. It's more like becoming friends with the different aspects of your personality. Mm -hmm. I suffered from an anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and that's what led me down this path to becoming a cognitive behavior therapy practitioner and, and such. Is And I, when I learned that the anxiety will always be there, but making friends with it and acknowledging it as sort of like, oh, there you are, old friend. 100%. I haven't seen you in a while. Makes it so much easier to let it go than to fight it and, and get adversarial with yourself. Yeah. I love um, an acceptance commitment therapy, how they talk about, you know, they use the example of the leaf in the stream and just like the leaf going down the stream it eventually passes. It's mm. when we try to put our hand up and or a log or a stick and keep that leaf from going down the stream and we just keep it there longer because we're fighting it, resisting it. We're actually keeping anxiety in our life longer because we're fighting it. Right. And that's the whole idea of anxiety. I have anxiety too. That's my biggest thing. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And just knowing that everybody has a, a dark side to their thing. And that's a part of the human experience. So we can kind of judge ourselves and be like, Oh, Paul over here, he doesn't struggle or have that. Or yes, he does. So does Janet yeah. and everybody, right? They're, the strengths that we see all have a dark side. It sounds like you have really embraced this idea of unconventional approaches to things. And I know you have a podcast that's called Unconventional Leaders. Mm -hmm. So what what really drove you or drew you, I guess, to being unconventional? Like, what would you say is wrong with being conventional? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. When I was a teenager, I remember in church, my my little youth group. I remember I was upset about something. I was very clean, and there was this piece of trash on the floor. And I told the youth pastor, I was like, "This is crazy! Like, why is everything? You know, why do people just not throw the trash into the freaking trash can? They just drop it on the floor." And he said, "Heather." Do you know when you notice an issue or a problem or something bothers you, it's an indication that you're called to be a solution. Oh. In other words, he was telling me, be quiet, pick up the trash and throw it away myself. That's what he was saying. <laughs> but I've always carried that with me in the sense of like when something nudges me and it bothers me a little bit or I notice a gap, instead of just pointing and being like, oh, this is wrong or there should be more space for this, it's an invitation to create. It's an invitation to make something. So in leadership, when I was started getting interested in self-development and all that, I just saw a whole bunch of middle-aged corporate white men writing this books, doing all this stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have 
Jim Rohn posters on my wall, <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk. I love these people. You know what I mean? However, I didn't see a lot of women and I didn't see a lot of minorities. I didn't see people with disabilities. I didn't see, you know, kids using TikTok and comedians and all this stuff and talking about, you know, I didn't hear a conversation about an unconventional way of looking at leadership. It wasn't just condensed to the the boardroom, right? And so I desired that in my own life. And so I just decided to make it. And that's what our show's really been about is, yes, we've had some more traditional leadership roles in the show to teach us things, but the highlight and the undertone is to fill a gap in the leadership space that I saw. And that leadership, is it, are you really specifically working with just entrepreneurs or does it spread beyond? Oh man, we've had, we've had a variety. We've had people in the nonprofit space. We've had comedians, we've had uh, screenwriters, we've had um, actors. We had a guy from Ozark on the show. (laughs) We've had um, uh, kids on TikTok who are, who are doing interesting things. I mean, the idea of it is that, you know, John Maxwell says, you know, leadership is simply influence and and um, we we all have some sort of influence, right? And so even a, a mom, you know, stay-at-home mom with your kids. Guess what? You're leading those children, you know? Right. So we've got to kind of expand our view of what leadership means. It's not a position. Um, it's an approach. Yeah, you don't have to have CEO after your name in order no. to actually be a leader. No. In fact, some of them are probably the worst leaders in the world. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we were talking about, about your husband and and him trying to get you to shut down last night and, and just stop working, I mentioned that there was probably some accountability there because mm. he was looking maybe to spend some time with you or who knows what, what his motivation was, probably to, to care for you at least. So, how does the the notion of accountability actually factor into your life and your life as a as a coach and a, a therapist as well? Yeah, i I've had to learn how to not get defensive over accountability mm. because my instinct is to, and I'm just going to tell all on myself today because it's the truth. Uh, my instinct with accountability is kind of a a backlash of defense, like, well, I'm working hard because of this. Or, you know, there's, there's, there's some kind of, there's something there I'm trying to protect. And I've been very curious about that lately because, you know, we say we want accountability, but then when we get it, we want to run away from it because it doesn't always necessarily feel good. Like it could be presented in the best way. Like, I love you. I care about you. I'm here to keep you accountable. But when it's really hard, it's 5 a.m. and they're saying, hey, get up. You said you wanted to go run. You know what I mean? Like you just want to smack that down. And so I've been really, you know, curious lately about my resistance around accountability and my instinct with it. I say I want it, but do I really want it? And am I willing and, this is and specifically able? accountability to someone else or an external factor? Sure. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, but you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my therapist is always saying there's, there's an invitation to be curious here. So if, if there is some frustration with accountability or resistance around it, why is that? You know, what, what, what can you learn about yourself here? And so for me, I've learned I've had a lot of ego <laughs> and knowing I can't do everything myself and I need people. Um, accountability, dude, is, is a great teacher, isn't it? It's, it goes beyond just whatever thing you're trying to be accountable to. It also is teaching you a lot about how you deal with life in general and stress. So you're you're almost seeing the accountability or making somebody keep you accountable sort of brings out that 
angry teen or that that sure rebel rebel life like i'm a punk rock i don't want to do this you know what i mean but that's what you that's what you asked for and so again uh, i had somebody on the show the other day who said you know in those really hard moments and the difficult moments and the stressful moments the way you respond and the way you react pay really really close attention to that not from a, a shaming or a judgmental way of like you know, oh, I suck or I shouldn't respond this way. But it's giving you a hint and it's giving you a clue of like some underlying things that are, you know, maybe painful or broken or hard in your heart and your life. And there's an invitation in that for a greater healing. Okay. So since we're talking about you, you've sort of opened yourself up here. Sure. Um, <laughs> what is the next step for you then? What have you learned from yourself and, and what will you change? Man, well, well, I'll give something tactical and specific. So let's use the the working, uh, working a lot, working maybe too much at times. Um, with that, I've really had to challenge what I believe is um, success, I guess, in the sense of is my success inevitable? You know, do I really trust that I'm going to make it regardless of crazy effort? Because a lot of times I attach effort to outcome, which don't get me wrong. I think people who teach, you don't need to have effort. You just lay on the couch and eat a bag of Cheetos and sniff a incense. Like don't listen to those people. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> like you have to work and there's, you have to take action and stuff. But in the same sense, when we, you know, in Elizabeth Gilbert's work, I don't know if you're familiar with her. I love mm-hmm. her. She's helped me so much with her, her work in big magic. But when we only rely on effort then we don't leave space for magic and miracles to come in and and breathe something new and fresh in. And so my next step to answer your question with like working hard and stuff, it's am I deliberately putting in space for miracles in my life? You know, and looking at my calendar like like literally looking at it, do I have an hour in the morning where I read and I journal and I meditate and I spend time? A lot of time my default is to get rid of my running time. My running time is very spiritual for me. It's very meditative for me. Going out for a run, I get the craziest ideas. Am I too busy to do that? Am I leaving space for miracles? So that's my challenge right now is daily making sure that I have space for them. I think that constant busyness too can be sort of a proxy, I guess, for that busy work makes you feel like you're being productive. hundred percent. Even if it's not producing anything. A hundred percent. You know, do you know Alfred Adler? I'm sure you do. I don't know. You don't? Dude, he was so right on. There's all these old dudes back in the 30s and 40s, I think, around the Sigmund Freud time. I think that was when it was. <laughs> and they just all sat around smoking pipes trying to figure out why we were the way we were. And this dude, Alfred Adler, he his idea was around inferiority and that a lot of our psychological issues come from us not dealing with our inferiority correctly. And so it's not that we have inferiority or we don't, it's that we all do. How do we handle it? And so he talked about overcompensating. And so if your issue, like for me, my, my, my issue has always been like worthiness and acceptance. If I try to overcompensate for that, a lot of times that goes into that dark side that we talked about earlier, where I work too much or I have a lot of anxiety but his idea was that instead of overcompensate it, we figure out how to steer that toward societal good, mm. which is going back into that light side you and I talked about before, where I have this this wound, I guess, or this this fear of not belonging and not being loved or accepted. I could use that as a reason to kill myself and ruin all my relationships and work too hard and die at an early age, or I could take that same energy 
and I could figure out how can I steer this towards what you mentioned earlier at the beginning, this zeal for life and this passion to help people and find purpose and meaning in fruitful ways. And so again, it's it's easier said than done. Like it makes sense. The real work is in the practical day-to-day application of that, which for me, my friend, is like constant gauging because it's like a teeter-totter balance. Am I operating in dark or am I operating in light right now? Now, but to get back to the the accountability, just to sort of put a bit of a bit of a little bow on it, I guess, is in the end, like I, given everything that you've sort of learned about yourself and what you've seen coaching other people, what's the way that you're actually sort of handling your own accountability? And and actually probably more interesting would be, how are you coaching people to to make themselves more accountable? I've never really had too much of an issue with accountability for myself. Like if I say that I want to do something I normally try it and do it. And I've never, like consistency's been fairly easy for me. I think the the hard part for me has been letting go of something when it's not working. Oh, yeah. Um, like I will, I will beat a dead horse and like do something over and over and over and over again for the sake of consistency, not being smart enough to realize, hey, Heather, this just isn't working and you need to let it go. So that's been the hard part for me as far as like keeping myself accountable I think if I've ever struggled with that, I have to come down to the root issue of like, do I really want this? And the truth is, and I, I think this is a little harsh, but this is what I really believe is I believe like if you're really struggling to keep yourself accountable to something, we haven't really dug in and really made it a deep desire enough. Right. I don't think it's an accountability issue. I think it's a desire issue more often than not. So we need to look less at systems and calendars and tracking and look more at deep soul rooted stuff within us that's saying, why am I not doing what I say I wanted to do? Right. That is something we talk about a lot on this podcast. And it's one of the, one of the things I actually saw that you had written that made me want to talk to you about accountability is I believe you had the sentence accountability is BS <laughs> in one of your <laughs> blog posts. And I was like, yes, that is exactly how I feel. Yeah. And I think that's what you're getting at with what you just said, that the accountability is just making yourself accountable or trying to be accountable without doing that deeper work is BS. You can set up a bunch of systems to force yourself into doing something, but it's not going to succeed in the long term unless you do that work that you were talking about. Well, you can't escape accountability to yourself because even if you try to lean on a coach or like my husband's a fitness trainer, right? I mean, people all the time hire him. I need accountability. I want you to help me, you know, stay accountable, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? They still have to be accountable to him. And guess what? A lot of them still don't show up on calls. They don't do what they're supposed to do because he wasn't the answer. He's phenomenal at what he does. The resources are there. Guess what? They're there online free too. I mean, we have access to almost everything right now. The issue isn't information. Honestly, it's not coaches. <laughs> it's not this stuff. Because if you don't want it, none of that's going to work. None of it. Okay. So I think what you were just talking about there, about getting the getting rid of the accountability and getting some real clarity on what you really want to change, getting some, some real specific clarity on what you really want to do is much better than trying to cultivate all this accountability. So now you recently did a video and I'll put it in the show notes, a link mm. to your YouTube channel and and this video about an exercise called the Clarity Exercise. And on this podcast and Change Academy, we like to end every episode with a lab experiment. So let's do the Clarity Exercise as the lab experiment. Can you lead us through that? Sure. So this is 
if, if you ever thought this, and, and I think we all have, myself included, where you're like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know mm. what to do next. I don't know what my next step is. We run after answers all the time, right? We want someone to give us the answer to X, Y, Z. We want somebody to keep us accountable. And all of those are good and have their place. But one thing that's been on my heart a lot over the past year or so is, Heather, you know the answer. Heather, you are your best accountability partner. Heather, mm -hmm. there's so much more in you and you're not giving yourself the space to be as great as you really are because you're falling back on these excuses that you don't have enough or you don't have the right resources or the right coaches or whatever, whatever. And honestly, it's just fear and procrastination when we put when we put our ownership that we should have on something else. So this exercise, I do it with myself all the time where if I'm at that position where there's friction and I'm like, either I don't know what to do next, or maybe I'm intimidated, maybe I need some extra reassurance. I literally, I know this sounds a little weird, but just practice it and try it. You can do it fairly easy is you almost step out of your body and you imagine yourself sitting there with you <laughs> and you simply coach yourself through whatever you're walking through. Isn't it funny how we give each other the best advice and we're like, oh, Paul, do this, you know, oh, Brian, yeah. do this or whatever. And we don't do it ourselves. Getting the, getting the practice, getting a pen and paper and, you know, walking through like right now with me, you know, I, I, I have a certain body fat percentage that I really want to be at. And I can sit here and say all day long, I don't know what to do next. And I, I do that a lot. But, you know, it's hard for me to give up, you know, my my sweet snack at night or maybe I'm not drinking enough water or, you know, um, maybe I need to stop drinking margaritas on Taco Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. No, not the margaritas. <laughs> not the margaritas. So what is it? What is my resistance around that? Like, what are what is my next step? And really just sinking into like seeing yourself physically as another person and coaching yourself through it and actually having a conversation. I know that sounds crazy, but what is what is the next step that I need to do? But the answers are there. So just sinking into your body and asking, what is the next step for me? And being brave enough to write that down and being brave enough to execute on it. You'd be surprised what that'll lead you down. Yeah, I like that. I, I, after I saw your video, I started doing sort of a different version, slightly different version, right? Actually started talking to a version of myself who had experienced the success that I was hoping to to experience. Oh, that's good. So it was future me. So future Brock is sitting across the table. Future Brock has all the answers because he's got it sorted out. And of course, future Brock and current Brock, uh, present Brock are the same person, which is like to your point, I know what to do. But talking to that future version of me who has experienced that success yeah. did give me, it's like, well, hey, Pat or current past Brock Manum, the multiverse is not a good place for me to live. Apparently, what have you been? What have you been trying? What is what has worked? What has failed? And and working through it the same way that you were you were explaining. Yeah, we do give better advice to our friends, our loved ones, than we do to ourselves. But if you can sort of do that out of body experience, like you were talking about, it can be uh, just yeah. so much easier to have that compassion. It, what's interesting about the future self is we there's so much dissonance between where we are now 
and that future self. So sometimes we think, oh, that's just out there. But when you really start practicing what you just said of, of allowing space for that, you'll realize that there is not as much distance between you and that Brock or me and right. that Heather as we think that there is. And the fact that we can see him and we can see her is proof that they exist. And there's capacity for that, right? Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I think whenever I'm looking for some clarity on what that next step is or having the, like you said, the the, the courage to actually take that step, mm-hmm. that's a, a wonderful way to just build that courage, build that clarity. And, and then, of course, we still need to take those steps and, and keep yeah. moving forward. But it's it's a, a good way to get some some movement at least. I, I will say too, I think if if you're looking for a coach or a therapist or an accountability partner, kind of the theme that we've been talking about today, I think it's really important to connect with people who foster and respect that practice of you listening to yourself. There's a lot of dependency at times uh, for you know coaches or therapists or accountability partners or mastermind groups to create you know, almost a need where you have to Mm. be in their presence to get answers. Be very aware of that because I think anyone who doesn't teach you that you are your greatest teacher is somebody you need to run and hide from. (laughs) And they might not be doing it on purpose, but it comes from a place of ego. The greatest service that we can do for one another is, you know, when you come to me, Brock, and say like, hey, X issue, me facilitating you finding your answer to it and you finding what's right for you as opposed to me, you know, projecting my, now, of course, if, if there's business consulting, that's a little bit different, you know, cause we're going to learn from experience there, but you know, there's a big difference between creating dependency and respecting your journey and you respecting mine. Yeah. As a personal trainer myself, I spent years coaching people and seeing that they were their dependence on me to give them workouts was getting to a dangerous level where they yes. couldn't, they felt like they couldn't work out unless yes. I gave them yes. a workout. So yes. I switched my entire approach to being like that, that old saying of teach a man to fish and he'll eat forever. It's like teach a person to exercise and they'll be, they'll be moving for life. I love that. But give them a workout and they'll be sweaty for an hour. <laughs> that's I love that's that. become my, my ethos, but well, this has been an awesome conversation. I know you have hundreds of episodes of Happy Brain and Unconventional Leaders. And if you're interested in NFTs, you've got some a lot of information about that, which totally confuses me. So I need to spend it some time listening to that. It confuses everybody. Don't feel bad. I'm still confused by it. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now aren't near a piece of paper or a computer or something. So what is the best place, the easiest to remember? How can people find you? Oh, I think the best is at Heather Parody on most social media platforms and just be my friend. <laughs> Connect with me there. Um, I, I, I love spending time with people in DMs and getting to know people. And that's P-A-R-A-D-Y. D-Y? Right? That's right. Yes. I just wish so bad I was like a comedian because the last name Parody, I think is like so perfect for like a bit. You know what I mean? Or yeah. improv or something. But here I am podcasting. I thought it was your stage name. So that'd be awesome. <laughs> Just start saying that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Heather. This has been an excellent conversation. And I'm sure everyone will go and and check out your podcast. Thank you so much. It was a joy and an honor. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget to check out Heather Parody's podcast and social media channels. This has been the Change Academy podcast.